Hello everybody, welcome to Sonic Talk episode 676, recorded today on Wednesday the 7th of July, which may or may not go down in uh, football history because England are playing in the semi-final of the European Cups and if they win, it'll be the first time they've been in a major final for something like 55 years. So it's quite, I'm quite excited, I'm going to be dashing off to watch this at home with some few friends. I know soccer's not for everybody, but I'm telling you, I am excited and uh, yes, this is the culmination of, uh, of stuff. And I, like I said, I'm not really that into football, but hey. And I've got a new mic position, which is really stupid because every time I move my hand vigorously, I knock the bottom of it. So I'm going to have to rethink that. But I was thinking I'd have something that just sort of came in at an angle and I can't figure out the way to do it because it has to sort of come down and up. Anyway, that's really neither here nor there. Uh, this is the podcast to do with music technology, recording, uh, synthesizers, electronic music, all of those things. You can find us on all good places. We're on Spotify. We're on Alexa. Uh, we're on Google. We're on iTunes. Uh, in audio format we also stream this live to Facebook live as well as Twitch where you can see us but if you're interested in supporting us we also have a Patreon which in fact um, we put the pre-show and ad-free versions of all our videos up there so even at the minimum you're going to get that out of us as well as other exclusive videos uh, coordinates are up there on the screen if you're watching but if not it's patreon.com forward slash sonic state and uh, you can join us for a paltry two pounds a month or 450 which is not even a cup of coffee a month. Astonishing value, I think you'll find. Anyway, um, thank you very much for everybody for joining us. I just want to say hi to everybody in the chat room. We've got our friends over there in the chat, also in the IRC and uh, we've also got the Discord uh, if you're interested in joining us on Discord. Uh, we've got a Sonic Discord, bit.ly slash Sonic Discord. We'll get you in there. That's a, a never expiring um, um, Invite. That's what I was looking for. Those are the words. Anyway, we have a full panel this week, uh, and uh, we want to say, well, hello to everybody. Let's start with uh, Mr. Charles Chicky Reeves, who's there in London in his studio, uh, chickyandcoco.com. Yes. Uh, lovely to have you. Of course, Charles has not only been busy working with Howard Jones, uh, where he's front of house sound, but he's also an educator and uh, a performer and songwriter and mix does lots of mix work in fact i'm going to bring up that he's also contributed a track to our fabulous sonic 001 which is the sonicstate.com contributors uh, his track is called now i hope i'm going to pronounce this right new stressors but it's n3 it's it's in league speak so i hope i got that yes. right new stressors we were listening to that pre-show that's what, how the kids do it these days. <laughs> Apparently so, yeah. That just looks like bad grammar to me. But look, how are you, Charles? Are you well? You've been busy? I'm doing well. Yeah, I've been staying busy. Uh, I've been on my, my – um, this is not me promoting myself, but on my own channel, my Charles Chicky Weaves channel, I've been just putting up a bunch of music and saying nothing about it, <laughs> just putting it up there and if 10 people watch it or 100 people watch it, whatever, you know. So I've just been – posting a lot of music onto there. I've been working on uh, the Moon Patrol video game, which probably a few more months to go on that, doing all the uh, all the music for that, a lot of cues. Um, and I'm getting ready for, we're about gonna go back out to real world at the end of the month to rehearse a little bit more with Howard Jones. And then we're doing a summer of the festivals, which are, you know, so far allowed to happen. And, uh, and that's basically what I've been up to. And now wow. here. Well, that sounds like an exciting summer coming up. Well, lovely to have you, Charles. And uh, we've also got... Uh, oh, well, we haven't had Gaz for a while. Let's go to Gaz. Gaz, you're looking resplendent in a bright primary colour there. How are you, Gaz yeah. Williams, music technologist? You've been taking a bit of time off of YouTube. Are you back are You back on it again, or are you doing a show tonight? Uh, what's, not what's quite. Going on? Not quite. No, no. But hopefully we'll be back next week with the answer to the riddle of why did I buy... Ah, there it is. That's a Super a Six, isn't it? Super Six. The blue yeah. one. Mm, nice. The blue one. <laughs> Tricky. And, uh, Not much space yeah, in your room so, for that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've, it's, it's in prime. It's in the prime position as well now. So I've, um, yeah, made a big, big change around. Um, but yeah, been really busy doing some underground stuff that I can't talk about, um, and doing some rehearsals and. A lot of studio sessions as well so i've been super busy um been a bit too busy to do a show um 
But the Eurorack show that I do, is it will eventually make a return, but that's going to be off air for a bit. But hopefully I'm going to be back next Wednesday with my regular 8pm sort of Sonic Sonic Talk after show party, the Gaz Williams show that, uh, that should be back next week with... Uh, a special feature about the Super Six. And there's some quite interesting things that may not be known that I will disclose then. So, Oh, I see. Wow. Well, that sounds interesting. Uh, that's I, I think that's called a tease <laughs> in the business. Yeah. Yes. Well, OK, brilliant. And we also have Mr Matt Hodson, who's their maths, AK Mouse educator, modular specialist producer, a lot of stuff. He's the kind of he's the guy who does the the live modular stuff that everybody goes. God, how how do you do that? And that's him. But it's also good. And <laughs> well, ha- well, as amongst amongst other things. Yeah. I mean, I well, know. I tried to do one last night, and uh, it <laughs> it didn't work at all because one of my USB ports decided to die as I was doing the live stream, which was annoying. So a lot of people was watching me on screen it was sort of like going all jerky and weird and i were probably thinking how does he do that because and i was asking myself that too i don't know how i did it um yeah i've been super busy i've just been making lots and lots of music really enjoying just making lots of music and uh, slowly putting stuff out there on my band camp which i've been doing all this year um and in fact oh yeah i uploaded two hours of ambient music i've started doing this thing for my subscribers on Bandcamp. Uh, those that subscribe, they get um, every month. They get a one-hour piece of ambient music, totally uninterrupted. One piece of ambient music that I make, and this, oh, wow. um, yeah, it's designed for people. Really, if you're working, you know, some people like to work at home. You might be a graphic designer, and you don't really want to work with stuff that's got vocals in it or whatever. So it's kind of like bed ambient music. You can meditate to it. You can. You can crank it up and mosh to it if you want to try that. <laughs> Anyone ever tried moshing to ambient music out there? I don't know. <laughs> I think it depends on the uh, on the substances one has uh, ingested as to how effective or not. It's a that very might slow be. mosh. The slow mosh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah super slow, slow mosh. mosh. There's a that, and that's going in the title. That's a good title. That's that's a good, title. Wicked slow yes. mosh. There we go. I'm putting that in. So I do <laughs> apologise for the thumping on my uh, mic, but it's. It's this new mic stand that I thought was a good idea. I didn't think to test it. I only tested the position, and I do beg your pardon, but I'm, I'm using the Heil PR40, uh, uh, which is a bit different and just gives a bit more body, I think. It's kind of interesting. But, of course, as well as all of that, uh, Matt has uh, put a track out on the Sonic 001 album, which I will put a link in the uh, in the yeah. show notes. I'll put that into the stream. I enjoyed that. So, I enjoyed uh, being part of that. It's, it's really cool. I've been listening to that album a lot. And um, the support's been really good, good as well. Um, the amount of people who's been supporting it. So thanks everyone out there. You, you, you're awesome. And I personally really, really enjoy it. And I've, I've actually messaged quite a few people who are on the album. Just said how, yeah, how much I like it. And gosh, you know, like awesome. I think you were saying this, Nick. You was like, you really want to feel like you want to step up your game when you start hearing all this music. And some of the things you hear, you're like, God, my my mix sounds really flat, and it's just, oh my, oh God, I thought. You know, I thought I knew what I was doing, but <laughs> yeah, no, there is that. That is a byproduct of this being uh, alongside a lot of other. But yes, there we go. But I, I forgot to mention, Gaz has also got a track on there as well, which is, of course, uh, it's called uh, uh, "Destination Next Century." Gaz, so uh, yeah, do, that, which is he's mm. been he's been ambitious enough to actually make it in make a vocal song, as a few people have. So yeah, there's, there's quite a few songs on there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a cool cool thing. Right. Okay. Uh, let's get. I'm getting quite a lot of feedback from somebody's um, somebody's speakers. I don't know where that's coming from. One, two. It's not mine. I think it might be you, uh, Matt. I think that's what's going. Your that your speakers might just be a I've little. I've just turned bit... it down. Okay. Thank you very much. Sorry about that. Um. So. Um. Sorry for the introduction. I'm so sorry that you did that, Matt. I, you can listen however works, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> As long as it doesn't get in the way. Right. Uh, okay. So let's have a look now. What have we got? Um, oh, yeah. Here we go. This will this will probably kick things off. This is the news of the uh, Total CV Recall Module, Total Recall from Endorphins. Three, only three uh, CVs, but a fantastic voiceover. I'm not sure who did the voice, but uh, I'm already in love with Introducing the Introducing Total Recall 6HP. Three-channel preset manager, parameter sequencer, as well as macro controller. 
This is multifunctional controller, which can work in four different modes. Modes 1 and 2 correspond to the preset manager, and modes 3 and 4 to the macro. In the first mode, we can... There is quite a long explanation of this, which is uh, made much more easy listening because uh, she's just such a great voice. There's something about the, the Russian voice or Eastern European voice speaking English that is just really captivating, I think. And it's, there's a bit of ASMR going on there, I think, as well, because she's very <laughs> close to the mic. But uh, it's, it's very interesting... Um, uh, module and it I mean it doesn't go as far as perhaps I would like things to go because I think you know with only three you're limited but it allows you to preset uh, hard switch morph between them sequence them there's all sorts of ways I mean it's quite complex there's a lot of mode switching but it does bring up the question about uh, what what this kind of stuff has does this have a place in modular? Because essentially, you know, people turn to modular for the more of the hands-on, less about the repeatability. But then that's maybe for the composition. But if you're playing live, now we've got people like Richard Devine going back and kind of go, well, I'm actually just using loads of sample modules, sampling these kind of long passages because I know I'll never be able to recreate that or I don't want to bring an entire case just for that sound if I'm travelling on a plane or whatever, you know, I mean, less of that going on. So um, I, I, I feel I probably should come to you first, Matt, seeing as you're the active uh you're active in modular more and then i'll come to you guys because i know you you yeah. have thoughts on this as well I, I mean i can i can say a lot about this but um as you might have known as if you've been following me on youtube i've been going down the rabbit hole of creating a, a case which is in front of me which i is portable it's powerful um i can take it on a plane and i can rock up at a gig and play live with no computer and what you hear all comes from that and the reason I do that, it's important for me. If I'm playing live, I want to play live. And some people say that electronic music isn't actually performance art, and you could debate that. But um, being able to play live in its in that essence of playing live is really important to me. If I turn a dial, it does something. I'm not I'm not using any backing tracks. Um, I'm not only using any pre-recorded material. Maybe the, a, a kick drum sample. And that's about it. So. That's that's important to me. Now, does that mean that's for everyone? No. I mean, I've got a I've got a system here that's constantly repatched and unpatched and reworked. Um, but I think what you're coming on to, Nick, is and you're talking about the you know there's a lot of people wanting to play live with these things and basically keep that consistency in their sound when you turn up and play at a gig. You want that signature sound. What is it? What is it that I go see that person for? It's their signature sound. It's that thing that I gravitate to. So that's why it's important for me to have a case that I guess carries my my sound, which I think I'm getting because I'm using this now, and all the material I've been putting out this year has come from this. Yeah. Um, so if I turn up at a gig, that's what people will hear. That's the same sort of thing. The same modules. The same kind of distortion use. The same sort of compression and things like that. It's all coming from there. And this module looks really exciting, though. It, yeah, it's small, uh, 6 HP. I've got a lot of endorphin stuff. I'm very, very happy with their stuff, actually. I've got their mixers. I've got their Godspeed oscillator, which has got a self-tune on it, by the way. It's the only oscillator. You press the button, and it tunes itself to nearest A, uh, which is really cool. And um, this, again, just like I'm always thinking, how can you misuse this? What can you do with it other than just recalling CV? You know, what if you pump audio through it or something like that? Yeah, um, I mean, there, I was, there's, there seems to be, you, when you look at it, you go, oh, actually, you could use this for all sorts of other things. You yeah, know? you could. There's, there's lots of functionality that <laughs> it will offer, excuse me. Yeah. And I, I did mention, um, I think I, I emailed you earlier, Nick, about uh, James Holden, who's a absolute wizard in all aspects of music production. And I was fortunate enough to spend a bit of time with him and interview him. And um, I remember back in the day, he came up with this system for recalling modular synth presets using, I think, it, imagine, I couldn't find a picture of it, but imagine this disc about this big, and it had all these um, solder points on it dabs of solder and he would rotate this disc and that, the solder that, that points. You sent me that picture. Yeah, that's what it kind of transformed into. I think that's the later version. Um, and you can see in the top right hand corner, there's this kind of big long dial there. Um, so that would rotate and create new contact points between different cables and different parts of the modular system. Mm -hmm. So it's a preset manager for hardware 
modular synthesizer. I mean, that's just how how forward thinking and crazy and, and, and amazing James is. He's he's an absolute wizard at this kind of stuff. Um, but I don't think he, he he uses it anymore. I think um, I think he got past that and just went down the sort of pre-patched route like I've I've gone because there is a lot you can do if you if you're willing to spend the time and think about it. You can you can build this instrument that you can take on the road and have in the studio, and it'd be very very flexible. I guess I guess that's my my view on this anyway. Well, I I, I mean I think that's the thing though. When I was looking at this, it's just like there's so many brilliant kind of possibilities to use this for i think i actually did i write a few down i'm just thinking if i did uh no i didn't i just think but purists may find this an anathema i'm gonna go to gaz i'm not <laughs> saying you're a purist gaz but uh do, i mean i know that you're very much um of the kind of the now with this stuff i mean you know the way that you approach this is is really about it it's about being in the flow it's about doing the thing but it's a different but if you were to take your your you know your construction your noodlings or you went back and you kind of go well actually i'm going to try and make tracks out of this then something like this might be something that you would have to consider yeah well i mean i think it's important to understand with this particular module that it is still very kind of performance orientated um you know, and it's using kind of preset CV values for kind of, you know, triggering certain events. Uh, but, you know, I mean, maybe a purer version of the modular recall, I suppose, is the PolyEnd preset, because that as a, you know, because it's much more capacious and can handle, what is it, it's got nine, it's got nine CV outs on there and you can store, I think, is it 30, 32, uh banks of 32 presets or something so you can that could really do the whole kind of shebang i think whereas mm. i think this one is more of an adjunct to what what you're doing so it could be very useful um in uh just as a as a helping hand i guess yeah yeah um, i guess I'm, I'm currently on a bit of a little modular um, mission at the moment, and I'm I'm, build, I'm I'm working on a track where I'm. Uh, it's way way more complex than anything that I've done so far in the modular world. So I was kind of thinking about this module and the PolyN preset one as well as sort of oh yeah okay so this is quite a way of just. Um, uh, composing you know composing and then locking down parts of the composition yeah i uh, suppose that's that's true yeah you know so that's one way of kind of thinking about that but um yeah i mean i'm still i'm still sort of in like you know nappies really when it comes to my <laughs> euro rack uh, journey so you know I, i'd imagine if you're a lot further down the line you know then this sort of stuff um is going to become you know much more desirable but uh i think for me i'm just yeah i mean uh i'm enjoying uh one of the, the things that i enjoy most about modular i think is when i get something going then that starts to become um uh something more than i than i could have thought and then yeah. i start to lose con and then i lose control of it and it's that sort of point where I'm starting to lose control of it. That's my favourite bit. So that's quite, yeah. So that's a bit of an anathema to sort of, you know, having I suppose things so. which are... I don't know, Chicky. I mean, you know, you, when you're working to deadlines, media composition, you know, we've spoken to many people about this, that, you know, it's, it, what you end up doing is kind of not reaching for the modular stuff. You stick, you stick to the thing that is more convenient, you know, you deal with that. Yes. But you've got a Matrix Brute, haven't you, which is a sort of has a lot of that going on. And I still think that the Matrix Brute centre section with, a, with 16 IO would make a fantastic yeah. thing for being a yes. brain at the, for all of this kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I'm, in fact, I'm certain you, you can use it as a brain for for that i gotta say though i i'm i'm totally lost on modular stuff <laughs> you know just because so much of what i do re absolutely requires being able to completely recall something um you know whether it's doing film stuff or you know even you know i, I remember when uh omd was gonna do i don't remember which anniversary it was but it was uh one of the big anniversary shows and they were talking oh we should you get like our synths that we used on this particular song and bring it on you know we'll patch it all together and after about 10 minutes of talking about it we're all like no i, I don't think so <laughs> i think we'll stick to just having samples of of this stuff that we did because i just 
I, I, you know, we talked about this, I think last time I was on about, um, well, we were talking about the circuit, the new innovation and the idea of like something having so much friction before the creativity. I like, I just, yeah, I can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, can't I get with that. So that's why I just don't really know anything about modular stuff. I, you know, I, and that, that, synthesis, that, that, you know, regular that makes, subtractive yeah, synthesis. That makes total sense. Quiet, total quiet. sense. I, I, I totally yeah. understand that. I just wanted to point out in the chat room with uh, uh, Mr. Wiggly, aka uh, Dom, um, is there as well as Inky the Cat. And Inky the Cat, uh, Dom is doing a great, uh, uh, Sunday streams, and he's going to be interviewing Inky uh, on. Oh, actually, let me get the. Oh, it's good to let, know. Let me just post that link. So check that out. I think Sunday, Sunday night. So if you get over to his channel and subscribe, you'll be able to find that. Um, so uh, he was very kind and uh, plugging of our stuff last week. So I feel I want to replicate that. It's very, uh, very good of him. Um, anyway, yeah. I mean, I think I think this is kind of an interesting idea, and I think again, it comes down to what you're using it for. Like I say, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's. It, Perhaps at you know at at the the more complex something like this becomes, the less likely you're going to be using it at the point of composition. But for performing the compositions, then it definitely makes sense. And I just really like the idea of a matrix. I mean, we've seen there are a few of these things out there in the world, but I think it mm -hmm. comes down to the expense of having uh, that many A to D D two A's, where you could just say take these three inputs, sum them to that output, and attenuate it by such and such an amount. You know, just really easy. It's the kind of matrix bro brute approach. In a module would yes. be uh, very cool. I think. Uh, I think, uh, I think um, there are there are things. But a I civilization was, um, by Yuhi. Yeah, yeah, this is similar, but it's not as easy to program. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking that's what I'm thinking. There was, Sorry, Matt. There was one um, collaboration with Future Sound Systems right, yeah. and um, and uh, Thingy from Mute Records. They put one together, which I think essentially does what you just said there, Nick. Which it's a switcher, like, yeah. Loads of switcher stroke sort of morphing between cv preset kind of thing which was quite useful and um i, I can't remember the name of it it is looked it, pretty cool though is it mtx no not pin, that that's not the um, matrix that's the patch point thing like a little matrix that 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 made but um but he definitely he definitely worked on one with um my crikey i, I can't believe i've forgotten his name daniel legendary Miller. Daniel Miller, thank you very much. The I'm dude. I'm just looking for it here. Um, Gristalizer, uh, Future Sound System Modular. Let's have a look at these things. Yes, I remember we did look at it at. Um, oh, we did look at it at one of the uh, at the last super booth, I think, but I, I can't remember what it was called, and it doesn't seem to be listed there as a thing. So I, I know it was prototype, but yeah. Anyway, it's an interesting concept. Um, so, uh, well, I should probably just have a quick word from our friends over at Isotope at this point. So, uh, take a break, everybody. Or even modal. <laughs> Wrong button. A voice extended virtual analog synth innovated oscillator with 34 algorithms, morphable four pole ladder filter. This is the Cobalt 8. Internal sequencer and arpeggiator. MPE support for expression. There's a modal app for Mac and Windows. In fact, there's a new OS that uh, uh, got released for the co for the Cobalt 8. Uh, I think there's a bunch of presets they released too. Well worth checking out. Also, a very handsome looking instrument. If you want to find out more, go to uh, bit.ly slash get underscore modal. Excellent. True professional here. There we go. Uh, <laughs> I, I always I have this kind of constantly going variable because I play one and then the other on alternative weeks and I just thought yeah that's the other one and it was not it was the other one so I do beg your pardon anyway it doesn't really matter uh, so uh, yes let's let's get on to another sub topic this is um, spot, right and our brain is just hearing this is Gregory Scott coming from the same direction it gets imprinted in our House of Kush YouTube right channel. He's this is a really interesting piece, which is how to keep perspective like, on mixes, how to how to retain, and also my kick drum is just like way off to the left. Yeah. How did I? It's a it's a long video, but it's an interesting discussion video where he basically discusses you know things that can make you. When we're listening to a mix, we're said to be either in front of our speakers or on a pair of headphones, and we end up in this situation where we're just constantly listening with the same perspective. And so we miss, we become sort of, almost sort of... Uh, 
what's the word? Uh, uh, um, the certain flaws become invisible to us because they become normalised because we're watching it. And he's just, uh, there's a few tips in there that sort of say what to do to kind of break that and so that you listen it afresh without getting into a rut. And I think that was kind of where we were getting. I was going to come to you, Charles, because you said, oh, I've got something to say on mix Because you do a lot of mixing. And, and I guess, you know, when you're doing it professionally, sometimes if one hasn't got maybe the, uh, the full vision in your head... You have mm -hmm. to kind of, you know, I, I'm not saying that that's necessarily what happens, but sometimes, you know, one is not having the best day, so one has to kind of consider things about your perspective. Am I doing the right thing? Okay, let's have a listen to it in this perspective. Do you find you do that a lot yourself? Yes. So um, I do. There's a few different things. I mean, I've got even here. I've got two different sets of headphones three sets of speakers plus a Bluetooth speaker, which he mentions in that video. Yeah, um, something that's, so, that's yeah in a different I've, position, yeah. I've got the little Bose, um, what is this, the companion? I don't know what, the, I forgot what this is. Soundlink, no, I don't know what it's called. Anyway, it's- <laughs> Bose thing, yeah. You know, Soundlink Mini, yeah. Um, I think I bought it at an airport somewhere, but it, but it sounds, sounds really good. And I, I just run, you know, a cable into it. Um, so, or, or sometimes I'll just put stuff on my phone, go listen to a different part of the house. But the the most useful thing I find is to is you know yes I'll be working on a track. Like say for instance yesterday I was working on a on a track about twelve hours or so, and after about four hours perspective starts going a little bit amiss, and so you know if I just go sit over there on the sofa, keep the music at a I, I don't ever mix louder than. 85 dB, unless it's a live show, then I mix a lot louder than that. But um, but in here, I never go over 85 dB. It's usually closer to about 78, something like that. And I'll just keep it nice and low, go sit on the sofa, you know, do my email, whatever, you know, just try not to focus on the song. And that's every time that's how I hear stuff. Um, I do... I do use some some um, reference mixes and things like that, but by and large, by and large, I have a pretty good idea of where things should be sitting. But the the main thing is about the perspective is you know going to even different parts of the same room helps a lot. Yeah, yeah, you know, back there. Or if I go in into the into the loo, not to give too much information here, but if I go into the loo in there, that's because my the back wall of my studio is what they call a leaky wall. So it's um. It's a wall, and I've got two doors that I can slightly open, and low frequency will will escape into those two back rooms, and it keeps the, this room quite balanced. Um, I'll go and just stand in the loo sometimes and just listen to see what I'm hearing, and all that, all that like sub stuff, you know, like, and I'm talking, you know, thirty hertz and yeah. below. I that's when I really hear if there are problems, and it's it's interesting because I can you can listen to like something that's mixed really well, like. Um, uh, the the Daft Punk album with you know get lucky and you go and you stand in the loo and listen to that and you go oh I they they should put a high pass filter on some of those vocal parts <laughs> you know it's like you can hear some of the plosives and things like that so it's like it's you know just, but if I'm sitting here at the thirty eight percent mark which is where I try to try to be in the room um, if I sit in the thirty eight percent mark I don't I don't hear a lot of that stuff I do hear the the presence of these speakers but I don't. I don't, don't really. Get the Man, yeah, for going further away yeah. often makes it makes that difference, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So, in you know, to recap with what he's saying, and and how that plays into this is that yes, going and standing in different places, having different speakers to, to listen on. Um, you know, I I use the Oratones or I use the Yamaha HS fives, um, mm. or like I said, the Bluetooth speaker, and I've and I've got you know noise cancelling headphones i've got the bowers and wilkins um just i'm constantly shifting things around because otherwise i'll just start thinking that something is sounding quite normal when right. in, re in reality it's like all that 20 hertz coming from a kick drum that's that doesn't really need to be there <laughs> that much so so yeah perspective perspective is everything Absolutely. Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting, there's some great tips in there. Well, incidentally, apparently, this is one thing that he mentioned is 85 dB is the optimum human listening level where we listen, we hear all frequencies evenly. So that's something I mean, so yes. you know, you can get like a little mm. thing on your phone. So I don't know, I mean, you know, you're in a residential 
place. I don't suppose you really crank it up that often. I mean, maybe you do, maybe you don't. I mean, do you find that they, you, you sit at a listening, a listening point that, that somehow correlates with that? I mean, how, does, how, do you, how do you tackle this? Yeah, very good point. Um, I've got a dim switch and I've got like a kind of, I'll always put the volume to a particular place and then you can kind of decide where the dim switch level is. So, And I've got that and I never change that now. So I try to maintain, especially for mastering, you know, that constant listening level or the dim level, you know, and so just those two levels. Um, this is, yeah, an interesting point in that, video and he's brilliant isn't he uh, gregory scott the guy yeah really from, good you know he's so good um great plugins talks too. About, like i've never tried them the plugins yeah clarphonic kind of is fantastic i love clarphonic i i use that on just about every single mix so mm. just it's not a plug i'm just letting you know i think it's okay. fantastic stuff <laughs> But he says to one one little tip he does mention about um, is to uh, just to flip the left and right over in uh, sorry to give you the V's um, to flip the left and right over uh, so your left comes out the right so you hear the mix uh, flipped and that's quite a cool way of just spotting if anything is out of place just because you get so used to it I, I thought that was well explained in that video I think that's quite a cool cool technique I'll definitely be employing that a bit more but I'm, I, I'm also gonna go going to check that 85 dB level and just see how close my listening level is to that 80, 80 85 dB um yeah quite fascinated about that interesting um, but, but yeah and then um, I was just gonna say about perspective though is he as you know we're all aware of this perspective is so hugely important and you know yes and i employ very much those things i walk to the back of the room i've got a set of monitors that are perpendicular to these ones and i can stand and appreciate a very different spec uh, space um and you know all of that stuff is is super useful as is kind of getting slightly inebriated and returning to a mix as well and i don't mean that lightly i mean i think that is super helpful because it kind of gives you a shift in perspective and you notice things uh, or rather maybe don't notice a lot of things and go oh it's all right it's done <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though the, the, the psychological shift is quite interesting because i find myself you know it's like i i'm working on something and i just go oh yeah just have a listen to this i play it to someone and then i immediately i'm listening at it a different perspective and i'm noticing all the things that perhaps i was i didn't realize i was so insecure mm. about i see you nodding your head there matt i mean it's i mean big one nick yeah i mean that you mix big... you mix a lot but you also the yeah. thing is is what you do is you also mix um live you know if you're performing you know that's the mix that you're getting so there's cert there's a certain amount of averaging yeah. that you must do in that but when you mix mix yeah. do you kind of approach it differently yeah, uh, yeah. For this kind of stuff, I'm mixing, I'm writing, I'm producing all at the same time, um, and then I'll I'll just record it down stereo track. I'll stick it on um, on my Apple Cloud, and then I'll go take a walk and and listen to it later on, and that gives me perspective on it. Then I come back and I think, mm, okay, I could have maybe tweak this, done that. Then I have another go, and I just keep doing that until I've got the take that I'm happy with, the mix that I'm happy with. And that's it. That's kind of that's kind of it for that because um, I guess it kind of reflects what most electronic music producers do anyway, which is they are mixing as they are writing. It's very rare for somebody to um, write electronic music and put they put plugins on as they go: reverbs, delays, compression, EQ, the right presets from from Serum or whatever they're using. It's very unusual for them to write that track, then take everything off. And then you know reapproach it with with that starting from fresh again. So I guess it, it kind of it's kind of like a mirror of that. But in terms of studio stuff, any studio stuff that I've done with bands, and I I did did that for a long time. I, I don't tend to work with bands so much anymore. But most of the mixes I always thought worked the best with the monitor mixes, the reference mixes that we got on the day in the studio. Uh, we always seem to be chasing to get back to that reference, we'd go, oh yeah, check this out. There was something, yeah, we like that. Let's try and get that back. And it's like, well, we have it, it's there. So I started spending a lot more time doing those reference mixes before we left the studio. The band, you can go finish if you want. I'd spend an extra hour maybe just sweetening up what was a, a monitor mix. And nine times out of 10, we'd end up using that for sure. So 
Um, you know, the other thing is I wanted to say is I've always found that, um, and maybe everyone agrees with this, I don't know, but when I go back and listen to a mix that I've put out a month ago, two months ago, which I've been doing, because as you know, I'm putting out tracks every month. Yeah. And I go back and I listen to that track again. There's a whole new perspective because we have surrendered to it. We've gone, this is it. I can't change it. The world's listening to it. It's already out there. I can't tweak a thing on it. It is what it is. And that brings with it a whole other perspective, which is, well, it's done. Live with it. You know, is it is it really that bad? Yeah, you might hear some things where you think, oh, it's a bit lumpy or the kick drums just just could just just push it a little bit more. But you know what? I, I think you're always going to find that. I've I've managed to be in the room with some world class uh, mixers in my time, and they're always talking about their mixes. Oh yeah, yeah, they, it was, you know, number one song. Yeah, it was great, but I just wish that hi hat. I just you know, and I'm like really okay, you know, so. They hear all that thing. Uh, they hear that same kind of thing. And cheeky, what you you'll you've got that little radio. You know, I remember being in Olympic Studios with Chenzo Townsend. He just finished mixing U two, and uh, he spent most of the time mixing it on one of those little boom boxes. And then every now and then he whack it on the big speakers, and then he he'd go back. I, I've never really been a fan of multiple speakers. I must admit. Um, it's never where, if anything, it confuses me more when I jump from one set of speakers to another. I don't know. It just, it freaks me out. Headphones I will use. I tend to use headphones more for reverbs. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not really in this treated room at the moment. Reverbs and things I'll use, I'll, I'll, I'll hear them better, um, on headphones. It just gives me, gives me that. Um, and, um, I also do listen to things on my apple air airpods which is yeah. what i listen to most of my music on as i'm walking around so i sometimes will just pump that out through uh bluetooth as, I, as i'm playing along and i'm hearing what it's going to sound like on a pair of earbuds that i know and so the last point will be which is getting to know your earbuds getting to know your yeah. monitors and and the room that you're in everyone says this so much but once you nail that, you could you could have a very basic pair of monitors as long as they've got a good range on them and there's no real massive lumps in them or something. You can you can uh, learn them and you can learn your room and you can hear what's going on, and then you, mm. you can work with that as well. Yeah, um, I would totally agree. I, I, the one question that came up while you were talking, Chicky, is. Because you're used to mixing on large PA systems, do you ever chase that vibe sometimes when you're mixing in the studio? Do you ever find you're kind of inadvertently chasing something that you you know you could hear on a bigger system? It's some, there's some in, indiscernible amount because I mean they're very very different experiences. I mean generally when one listens to a PA, you really get to hear what's going up, you know, and the dynamics. It's a very different listening experience. Yeah, it, it, this it does sound a little bit like a chicken or egg thing. A chicky or egg thing, um, but the mm. I, I actually mix live uh, based on what I hear in the studio. So the live is actually chasing the studio. So, so one of the one of the things that gets me a lot of work for live mixing is that I tend to not really mix for a PA. I tend to mix it as if it's a gigantic hi-fi, um, and and so usually the detail and and so forth, you know, and even vibe that i get in the studio is what i'm trying to recreate live um but uh the thing is like with live there's there is a lot of masking that goes on so you know you like say for instance if you're if you're mixing at royal albert hall you know it, i mean i i hope you like 110 hertz a lot because <laughs> that's you know <laughs> the room is full of that and and you can you you pull it out you pull it out you pull it out and suddenly it's completely missing it's like it's very difficult to that's a that's a hard room to mix in um so i mean i know i'm kind of I'm just roundabout way at answering the question but i tend to i tend to mix live chasing what i hear in the studio as opposed to the other way around does right. That okay. Yeah. Yeah. That does. It does. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'll tell you, I'd really, I'd really love to know, Chicky. Uh, I don't know if you know much about how Howard Jones mixed his stuff back in the eighties, but 
I mean, I, I love Howard Jones stuff. I, I think it's awesome. Particularly, you know, mm -hmm. his use of synthesizers, his bass synthesized, the things that are mainly doing the low end in it, even like uh, What Is Love, the chorus, that bass yeah. that happens in there. I'd love to, we probably ain't got time now, but I'd love to know more about how he, how he approached his mixing back in the day with, with all those synths and drum machines and particularly with that voice in there as well. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny, like I for mixing him live, he's for one thing, he's very easy to mix live. Uh because not only does he sing really well and play really well, um the most of the music, yes, it's all coming out on stems, that as far as music that's on playback, um it's coming out on stems, but it's just so well uh, like he and Robbie together have have really made it. It's it sounds it sounds like an LP. I mean, it's just it just sounds beautiful, and and when we're doing rehearsals, he'll he'll come over to where I am and he's like, oh, oh you've got it really sounding great, and I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just pu I'm just pushing up faders. You know, <laughs> I'm glad you like it, but you know, it's it's all on you. You're doing a you've given me such good work. You know, such good such good music and it's like it's like that with with just about anybody i've mixed for you know like with grace jones her her band was just they were phenomenal and they had just great equipment and they mastered it all so i mean they mastered their instruments so well and yeah we had like 40 something mics on stage but it just all sounded great and you know oh, OMD, God, they, they work really hard and getting all the sounds just right and then you know i'm just I'm just trying to make sure I don't get in the way of it. That's that's how I approach it. Just don't, don't just don't mess it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't well, mess it this up, feels exactly. like a good time to actually return to our friends over at Isotope, who will help you with your mixing as well. They've got yes. lots of tools that will. Uh, Isotope Producers Club is a one-of-a-kind membership for producers ready to take their tracks to the next level. Once you join, you'll gain access to powerhouse Isotope plugins and a curated selection of tools from our partners, such as Melodyne from Celimony. Plus, as long as you're a member, you'll get every future update to the Isotope plugins in your membership for no extra cost. We'll also regularly serve you new curated content like exclusive inspiration-sparking sample packs and preset packs, and industry-leading training ranging from our own tutorials to vocal production lessons from the world-renowned Berkeley Online, taught by Grammy-winning producer and engineer, Prince Charles Alexander. With new content being added every month full of valuable production techniques, tips and tricks, and solutions to common production problems, becoming a member is an investment in your career that grows as you and your career do. For more information on Isotope Producers Club, head to isotope.com. And of course, there's always the Music Production Suite Pro as well, which is another uh, subscription level that you can try. But if you're interested in saving 10% on any of their software products, uh, you can head over to isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk and uh, enter the code Sonic10 at checkout, save 10%, which is still running on any Isotope plugin or bundle. Uh, of sadly, the 49 community bundle. Uh, um, dollar community bundle is gone but you know you can't have it it was there for a long time so we thank for isotope for uh, supporting us and sponsoring the show very much appreciated okay um let me see what uh, what do we have next where did gregory scott oh yeah we've got to do we've got to how do we play synthesizers it's, it's, it's more russian voice in the chamber by adjusting various this parameters the, and then we the, just the prototype the of like the new the uh, no, what's something is missing reflex. isn't there and this something may be the most powerful part of synthesis, the huge flexibility of a synthesis core that makes it possible to play the timbre as artistically and expressively as we play notes. Another bonkers idea from uh, Mr. Vlad Keimer. I think the idea between this is, is there's some analog stuff going on in that, but what you see on the left by the hand are lots of patch points that allow for quite sensitive sonic control. It's a six-voice synthesizer. Based on a certain amount of Lyra business going on. Yeah, I think I wrote down, I'm already interested in it's only a box of wires. Uh, now, <laughs> this is, it, 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 again, it's, it, it takes these approaches. And this looks really interesting, apart from the one thing that I really do hope it has, is the ability to kind of go snapshot that 
stop there. That's what I want. I want I want that. Can, can I have that back again? Which kind of brings us back to this kind of notion of recall and stuff. Gaz, I, I mean, we're, we're fans of the uh, Soma stuff. I don't know if you had a chance to play oh, with massive. the Pulsar 23. I mean, you know, the Lyra, they're just brilliant, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this one, I mean, I think it's fantastic how all of those instruments, as you mentioned, and the pipe, of course, you know, uh, are, are just... Uh, completely take you out of your normal place and take you into a completely new sonic realm and it doesn't play by any of the typical uh you know the, the typical things you'd find so um it's uh this looks like so then to expand that kind of idea into a polyphonic synthesizer um a big part of this then is that you've got uh, a bunch of controls on your left hand uh on your left hand side which kind of are directly manipulating um synthesizer parameters as opposed to uh i was trying to work out exactly it's quite it's, it is a bit baffling um what is it now all six voices are all six monophonic voices that have got their own effects and the control panel on the left lets you just uh Oh, help me out here. I don't actually I don't but actually know, to be I, honest. I gotta be honest. In, in the last half of the video there, um Vlad plays it for some time and and it it just sounded like Stockhausen at times and I just thought it sounded fantastic. Uh but I'm really not quite understanding exactly what's going on. But coming from Vlad and coming you know, and and the next one in line of these fantastic instruments, it is gonna just you know it's going to be an amazing, amazing experience. I think I want one already. Yeah, well, mm. I, I, I can concur with that. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I think mm. it seems to me that what's going on there is, to a degree is... Uh, it's almost like, you know, because we've seen the Osmos, we've seen these kind of... like this this need to have this sensitive control of the sound. It's, it's just an alternative view of... Of that, you know, rather Osmos is going to be coming out yeah. hopefully this summer, you know, which we'll see quite a lot of fantastic uh, controllability there. And this is just another yeah. another angle on that concept. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, they've um, yeah. This with this the, the interesting thing here is you've got six voices. Each voice has got six effects, but these aren't just effects that are just put on at the end. They're part of the synthesis engine. So the voice and the effects sort of interact together in this really interesting way. The um, I was reading a bit about the specs and things like the clocking on it and um, the very, very low latency as well. The, the, the touch pads that are, are put to where your fingers would naturally sit as well. Um, so they're really looking at this as, as a kind of... Um, an instrument that's got the same sort of nuance as if you was playing something like a violin or something like that. Um, how sensitive it is, I, I, I wonder if it's going to be too sensitive. I wonder if, yeah, you can, uh, uh, like you were saying, Nick, I wonder if you can kind of freeze or say yeah, particular well, stop there. that you're after. Can I have that back? Yeah, yeah I'll yes. just have that. Yeah, I like, I like that. That's, I think that is important. I um, doubt it, knowing that. at the same time, it's also <laughs> yeah. very freeing, isn't it, when you can it's kind of freeing <laughs> when you can't always get back to where you want. I mean, I've got the Pulsar and um, obviously you can connect it up in many, many different ways, but every time I turn it on, it's ready to go. And I always, always have this kind of thing set up on it where it's, it creates its own inverted VCA. So whenever the kick drum happens, everything else sort of, it does this side chaining it, it, within it which is quite interesting so i'm wondering if there's going to be any sort of flexibility here in terms of i mean i didn't see any patch points or anything like that but um maybe it's too early for that i don't know but yeah maybe it's mm. too early and i i wonder if the human is actually the patch points. I think so. Interestingly, I'm not seeing the word organismic in this one, which is something that's been applied <laughs> to the other stuff. So maybe this is a new breed. I know, Charles. I well, mean, I don't know. Have you got any? Um, have you got any of the uh, uh, Soma stuff? No. Again, I, I'm kind of lost on that. <laughs> but I, I did, one, did want to say that because we've had two uh, of these videos with uh, the, the Eastern European uh, Russian accent and because this is called reflex it does remind me of one day my my daughter was doing some kind of stretching thing when she 
this like on her back and she's, she's 14 she's a kid you know so she was able to like have her make her feet touch the floor behind her head i was just like wow you are incredibly flexible and she goes i am flexible because i am child <laughs> so she does a great russian accent like that. so that's what i kept thinking every time i saw this i am flexible because i'm child um i think you know it seemed like it i mean maybe i'm maybe i'm missing it, it seemed like the way he had that that his palm was making yeah there was connection, connection through the fingers and, i think that's what it looks like yeah looking at so it's like palm and the and the fingers and also it seemed like the more so it's, it's variable on the connection maybe maybe of the palm as like the the ground the, point yeah yeah the ground point or or maybe the other way around maybe the maybe voltage is coming out through the palm so you know you're the the more connect con, i don't know how that would work but that that could be a really expressive tool i mean like that's obviously that's the idea behind it is is that it's an expressive tool but i i started thinking like just ways i could use something like that to control effects <laughs> you know? because i i love doing crazy things with effects especially live um, yeah, well, maybe so. that maybe it will have an external input, and there'll be that. I mean, mm -hmm. I think there's more to come from Vlad. Obviously, Vlad has a very unusual uh, perspective on things, and it, it it seems to chime well with. So, I mean, there are some things which you know. I know that Ty really swears by the Lyra Eight, but I I wonder how often he actually uses it because it, it, it again there is a certain amount of friction just to get it tuned into the world that you might want to use it in and that's that can that can be a bit problematic for some people who just need to grab something and, and get on with it at the time so yeah i, I totally get yeah, your point there I, I was actually just talking to ty this morning uh kind of about that exactly not not about the lyra but but he said that he because he's building this third room and you know there there will be there's some like amazing sense obviously his collection is is unbelievable he said there's some sense they're just like you go in, it's just, oh my gosh, this this is such an amazing synth. This is great. And then he turns it off and doesn't really touch it again. Because <laughs> it's just like, yeah. oh, but, but setting it all up, you know, it's like, oh. But there is, there is a certain, there, yeah, there are, there are, there are things that that works with. Uh, but yeah, I suppose, actually, I mean, speaking of new synths, there's also, uh, we, we, we covered this before, the, the Korg Mod Wave, which seems to have just hit all of the reviewers. They're doing that kind of day zero yes. review stuff, which we haven't actually been in touch. We're not part of that club anymore, I don't think, or for whatever reason. But uh, uh, that's an interesting thing. I mean, again, this is, this uh, uh, the Korg Mod Wave is the uh, wave it's a wave table i think isn't that right mm -hmm. I, I think it's wave table it's but it's yeah. basically like it's like a, a like an asm isn't it it's like the hydrosynth sort of their take on the hydrosynth that's Maybe. what i understand yeah he in that statement about about that particular one they he, he said something about this isn't wave table this isn't um sounds from the past i think they're very much thinking of this as forward thinking what did he call it maths reciprocal synthesis or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, there's some great quotes Really cool. I just love the fact that there is a company like this in existence that is making music production hardware. Um, I'm really excited every time I see something come out by these guys. And mm -hmm. I think we're really fortunate that we have, we've got people like this pumping out this kind of stuff. And I think with things like the Lyra, I think that was very much testing the waters. And for me, I always saw the Lyra as like, ah, oh, this company's just maybe trialing out a few things here. Let's see what's going to come five, ten years down the line with this company because I think there's going to be some super duper exciting stuff. Well, they sold a lot. They've sold a lot of stuff. I mean, that you know, they're having, you know, their their waiting list is quite long, and they, you know, I think they make decent money. Haven't the guys? Is it right? They've got some sort of Zanzibar synth. Um, holiday destination uh, on the go at the moment, yeah, which like I'm sure I saw something on Facebook that said it's like a synth resort yeah, for creative people. And they're trying to get people to go. Obviously, at the moment, it's difficult with COVID and whatever. But once that opens, mm. they say, yeah, come on over, play gigs, do whatever you want here. Sort of very interesting yeah. bunch of people. Oh, definitely. I mean, if you're interested in getting a little bit of insight into Vlad, I, I really love the interview that I did with him at Superbooth, where we went away from the main drag and went out into the woods and sat cross-legged opposite each other. I wanted to really kind of connect with him about some of the more philosophical aspects of the designs. And uh, I love that interview. I really recommend watching that. Um, I, I, I found it totally delightful talking to him. He's really inspiring. Um, I'm just going to put the uh, I'll put the link in the show notes now. Hold on, I'll turn that off. Yeah, nice. 
because he is a proper artist. You know, he's an artist who works in various, you know, with various formats. He's a he's a creative dancer. You know, he as as am I, um, and he. Uh, you know, he's he's a full artist, so he sees the instrument design as part of just another part of his art. And, yeah, um, yeah, he's got a very yeah, deep philosophical hmm. kind of view on it. Uh, yeah, we've both interviewed. I think I interviewed him a couple of years previously. And just uh, yeah, he's hmm. very yeah, he's very interesting. Very very. He's got a spiritual thing with electronics, which I know that Bob Moog had that in common as well. He was sort of felt that yeah. electronics would impart some sort of spirituality, and so they de they definitely have. Mm -hmm. And you, I, I've banged on about this before, but when I opened up the Lyra Eight because we had it in for review, you look inside. It's a thing of, I mean, just the, the, the inside is beautiful. It's a beautifully mm. wired, beautifully, everything's kind of feels like it's over-specified and just kind of, you know, chunky and, you know, it's, it's great, you know, so uh, you don't get the, cheap rubbish. Because there is that bit... <laughs> There is that video, isn't there, that's come out recently from oh, about the some, Pulsar uh, twenty three, yeah, about the, the making of it, and they talk about, and Vlad actually talks about that, doesn't he, about the aesthetics of the, of the circuit board in that video too. Mm. I'm just seeing if I can post to find that one as well. Pulsar twenty three making of. Uh, yeah. No, I can't find it now. It's it's gone. There's too many <laughs> pulsar, uh, but yeah, it, it's cool. Anyway, um, gosh, we're at five o'clock. I'm going to have to cut things a little short, just purely because I've been informed I've got to do a bit of dad taxi business, and uh, and also uh, I need to get back for the uh, the football. But it's been great fun to talk to you all. Thank you so much for joining us, Vla uh, Charles. Uh, thank you very much. It's been a great pleasure. I hope to uh, speak to you again soon. I was just going to say before we go, uh, tomorrow night, if anybody's got the time, I'm going to be on Mark Zaffin's Zaffin music channel uh, talking about the weird songs that I make and, and you know, pr the production behind all that stuff. So there you go. Self-promotion, Mark okay. Zaffin's channel. So let there me, you go. Let me – oh, in conversation. Right. Okay. Hold on. I'm going to get that. Grab that. Yep. There we are. Let's bring that up. That's here. So, Zaffin Music, this one, music live stream. Okay, yeah, that looks like me. The comments, it certainly does. Uh, right, okay, brilliant. Thank you very much, Charles. That's so great. Oh, th and thank you very much, Wagyu, for the uh, the generous drinks fund. This is going to be mm -hmm. a great party when we finally get get, get together, everybody. Um, and <laughs> also, Mr. Matt Hodson, thank you for joining us as well. Um, so, have you got any more streams coming up? Are you what? Now you fixed your cameras. Are you going to have another crack at it? Or are you yeah, probably. Are you um, I need to do part two on this. My modular setup. They want to know how it's all patched together, how I keep it pre-patched, how I do the mixing, how I do the side chaining, how I do all that kind of stuff. So uh, I was meant to do it last night. I'll probably end up doing it tomorrow night um, or Friday night, something like that. I don't know. I don't really plan these. I, I just kind of tend to just go live. But I'll certainly be doing some and uh, continue putting out music every month and um, just keeping busy doing music, music, music. Loving it at the minute. Yes. Well, that I can I can thoroughly concur. I was going to go on a bit because we've got just a couple of things that uh, that are coming up. Uh, we've got uh, Rich's Sonic album interview, which is I'm going to probably publish tomorrow. Also, I've got a Friday Fun uh, ready to go, which I used Paul X Stretch. Now, that's a blast for the past. And I, I, I never figured out how program. to use it. I was running... Uh, the Krotos Audio Concept 2 synth into it, and it, it blew my mind, actually, so I'll definitely be uh, going there. But, uh, Gaz, uh, thank you very much for joining us as well. Um, people will be able to see you on your channel when you're back on the streaming tip as well, I'm sure. Yes, hopefully next... Yeah, hopefully next Wednesday with the Super 6, because... My goodness, am I having fun with our little beauty. But, it's a lovely uh, instrument, isn't it? It is, yeah. They did say that I could hang on to the one that I've got here for a while while uh, um, while they were, you know, while it was in for review. And then they said, actually, can we pick it up? Um, we need to send it off to somebody. And, uh, and they said, well, we'll drop it back again. You know, you can have... This one's the floating one that you can keep control of while while we don't need it. But uh, I never got it. <laughs> so I had my time was limited. I can't... Yeah, but, yeah. you know, I don't expect to mm -hmm. ever get freebies or anything. But they, they said it was an extended loan, but then they loaned it back. What was amazing for me though was I decided to buy it. I mean, I'm friends with George. I'll I'll talk about this next week. But um, but when I got it and then I and I got it out of the box and I put it on the table downstairs and I uh, got the manual out and just opened it up and on the acknowledgements, both you and me are acknowledged and I was super pleased to see myself. Oh, that's I've been great. involved. 
Yeah. I have been involved in that since the beginning, that synth. I will tell this story next week. But uh, seeing it go from, you know, well, just an idea into reality, and it really, now, spending time with it as well, I kind of got, you know, this is a visionary instrument, and George Hearn is definitely... You know, focused. He's managed to... Yeah, so... The yeah, thing I really liked about it as well, it comes in a big cloth bag it hasn't yeah, got, big bag. most since you get they come they come there in yeah. in polythene in a polythene wrap this comes in a big mm. cloth bag with drawstring bag it's like a laundry bag at the, but the size yeah. of a keyboard it's brilliant <laughs> it is yeah <laughs> um uh, but i mean i am um, you know i i really didn't need another synth you know but I now couldn't live without this one. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear it. Anyway, thanks, everybody. Uh, it's been a great pleasure. Uh, we will see you all uh, next week, hopefully. Um, if you're interested, don't forget to subscribe to Sonic State. Uh, don't forget, also, we're on Patreon, where we get the pre-show and other ad-free stuff, as well as many other things. But that's it for this week. We'll say uh, see you next time. Thanks very much. Take care. Bye-bye now. To England. Yeah. Bye.